driving on into the desert they seen a cloud and forever over me but i believe your rain is coming mm, i've been hanging on the high hopes cause you're the one who's making dry bones come to life you're the light i put my trust in You say it's gonna come to you and lead me to the promised land. But everything you say is gonna happen, even though I haven't seen it yet. I will build a boat in the sand where they say it never rains. I will stand up and say, I'll do anything it takes with you in my sails. Your love never fails and fades. I'll build a boat in the desert place, and when the Smoke. 
Morning church, would you please rise for our first song?
seated. And uh, during that song, and when Chris was kind of doing his thing with his fingers all over the, that's worship, right? When you use whatever gifts you have for the glory of God. And I'll just say it, to me, it was kind of fun to watch that. Uh, again, good morning to all of you. Glad you're with us in worship. We have so much to celebrate today. And uh, we have Maddox right over here and chill guy, let me tell you. Um, and we're looking forward to watching the grace of God being ex extended and given to him. And uh, as we get ready to do baptism, I always take time to talk about uh, why baptism, right? And then this command that Jesus has given. And uh, before we get into that, let's talk about the need, right? The why. Uh, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. That's really, really bad news. And uh, when we look at Maddox, I mean, I think he's got a good rhythm in, in life. I, I, I heard that he sleeps about four hours at a crack. It'd be so much better if it was like seven, maybe eight. That day will come. Um, but we're all, all of us are broken and sinful people. So Jesus decided to do something about it. He decided to come from the heavens down to this earth to live a perfect life. And this season that we're in now is called the Lenten season. This is when we remember Jesus making his way ultimately into Jerusalem and then willingly become betrayed and denied, beaten, and then placed on a cross. And he did all of that in order to take care of the sin that we all have. And then he was placed into that tomb. And then on the third day, he rose again from the dead, and uh, the victory that he has becomes our victory. And so that's a beautiful story that is going to be given and handed over to Maddox. So we're going to do that. Uh, but Matthew 28 is where the command of Jesus to baptize is found. Jesus said these words, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. So a couple comments. So you're going to see the baptizing part in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But we also have godparents up here. And one of the things that is to take place is that, yes, mom and dad, but also the godparents, you get to come alongside Maddox and, and really encourage him in his faith. And there's so many different ways you could do it. You could pray for him faithfully, that he would grow up knowing Jesus. Uh, you can model the Christian faith because he's going to watch you and he's going to learn from you. Uh, the other thing I encourage godparents to do is to remember this day. People will remember the birthday. That's really good, and there's going to be a lot of fun with that. But to remember this baptismal day would be very, very good as well. So if you're willing to do this very important spiritual um, task and blessing, then answer, I will, with God's help. Thank you. May God give you the faith to do this on behalf of Maddox. Well, we're going to uh, baptize, and as I mentioned, it's going to be in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is a great summary of who this God is found in the Apostles' Creed. And I'd like to invite all of you as brothers and sisters in Christ to share these words out loud together. So let's do this. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'm watching you just kick your legs all over the place. Are you ready? Yeah. Smiling at me. Good judge of character, right? Maddox, Lee, Doss, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may our Heavenly Father, who blessed you, will keep you safe in his loving arms forever and ever. Amen. All right. Remember the rule. If, if the baby's in a good mood, then I'll hold them. If not, we move on to the next thing, right? He's in a good mood. And my guess is he doesn't really remember this right now. He doesn't know what took place. I know we're getting some pictures and video. Um, it's going to be a great, great reminder of what God did. And so thank you, all of you, for your part in what took place. I'll just tell you, the ministry and mission of 1C is that more and more people would know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And baptism is a starting point. So thank you for what you do to make sure ministry can happen. So God is really good in and through you. But you just saw a miracle that took place. And remember what we do now whenever we see a miracle? I'd like for us to give God the glory. So feel free to applaud and give God that glory. He's going like, for me? Well, for God, but we're really happy for you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you. You have done great and mighty things uh, all the way through your life and right now as well. Thank you for the gift of grace given to Maddox. And I pray, Lord, that he would, yes, grow up physically and emotionally and intellectually, but we pray he would grow up knowing you. And may your grace abound um, in his family and in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. One of the things that Jesus said about himself, he said, I am the light of the world. And so, maybe I'm going to go over here. You can look at that light. And we want the light of Jesus to grow brighter and brighter in Maddox's life. So, um, may Jesus bless you always with his love, and may you experience his grace. Amen. Amen. Let's continue. Good morning, church. We're reading this morning um, what we've been reading for the past several weeks. It's the, it's the uh, passage from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Very important scripture is it, this spiritual DNA campaign is, is anchored in this particular scripture, and that's why we're reading it each week. But what we're doing is we're, we're putting up on the screen a different translation each week so that you can kind of get a different flavor of, of the language. And today we're reading from the Revised Standard Version. 
Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the word this morning, for that opportunity to be closer to you in, in the word. And uh, Lord, we ask that you be with us and you bless the worship service we're having as well as the music we're about to sing. And Lord, just calm our hearts and still us as we, uh, as we navigate through this life. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Jesus. 
might be wondering why you picked up a critter like this on your way into worship this morning. This critter. What does this critter have to do with our spiritual DNA or Jesus? That's a great question. Well, do you remember a couple weeks ago in our first week of our spiritual DNA, we took a look at different structures or buildings, things that were built out of a triangle. Let's take a look at those again. Do you remember this playground and this bridge built out of the triangles? We also saw power lines and the Great Pyramids. And then we said, well, maybe if we went to Paris instead of Egypt, we'd see the Eiffel Tower. And then finally we landed in Omaha and we took a look at the Desert Dome at the Henry Dorley Zoo. And you know what? There's something different about this structure this shape, this building, than the others. It creates an environment inside for critters like these. It creates protection against harmful elements like snow and ice. These critters could not last in a Nebraska winter. It also creates a nurturing environment where it's not too wet, it's not too hot, it's not too cold, and there's food an environment where they can be fed and grow and live and survive. Well, that is how this relates to our spiritual DNA. 
we are critters too. Maybe not critters quite like this little lizard, but as followers of Jesus, we need to spend time in with each other. We need nurturing relationships. And as we look at our spiritual DNA, we see that the end of our DNA is about this, these inward relationships with one another and nurture relationships. So John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 reads, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So as we spend time nurturing relationships with one another, we love one another as Jesus loved us. And we have protection when we spend time in together. And we have a nurturing environment where it's warm, it's inviting. We don't get food like the lizards do at the zoo, but we get spiritual food as we spend time around God's word and as we encourage one another. So it's good that we have nurturing relationships as we spend time in with one another. And we do this on Wednesday evenings through exploration as you gather with one another. Also, maybe some of your families get together in groups to encourage and grow together. Spending time in loving one another is important, something that Jesus calls us to do, and it helps us nurture relationships and grow together as followers of Jesus. If you did not get one of those little critters, kids, 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 I know some adults are getting some too. Uh, there are some still available for you, uh, hopefully just to serve as a reminder that all of us need that kind of environment to grow. I want to welcome everyone here in worship. I know we have guests. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, in fact, we are honored that you've come to worship. And we want to invite you to come back. We'd like to get to know you. Stop at Next Steps if you would. And uh, we'll have an opportunity to meet you and greet you and give you a gift as well. All right, a couple quick announcements, quick announcements. Uh, we, are, we have a Holy Week that's going to come up soon and quickly. So if I can have that up there, yeah, there we go. Uh, Monday, Thursday, we're going to have a Seder meal. Um, and that's on April 6th, so that's on that Thursday, about 6 o'clock. And we're going to have a very special experience as we go back in time and remember what Jesus did and how he was fulfilling a command to celebrate a Passover meal and how he now has given us the gift of Holy Communion today. And then we'll have our Good Friday service at 6.30 and then Easter Sunday um, we're going to have 9 and 11 as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. And I'm going to say this several, several times the next couple of weeks. One without the other. There's something missing. That's why I want to encourage you. I know your schedules are busy, but come Thursday and Friday and Sunday. All of that is one story put together, told three different parts. So just plan, if you would, in your schedule to come. Because this is a story that has changed the course of human history. So that's coming up. Um, also, um, new service, speaking of services. I'm going to put it back over here, Chris. What's happening? So we're starting a new Sunday night worship service, uh, 5 p.m. in the what's the high school room. Yep. Uh, but now it's going to be worship area also. Um, kind of the same thing we do here, but 
a little more acoustic or yeah. a little more, uh, I don't know how to describe it even. A little more maybe chill. chill. I'm, I'm calling it unplugged. Yeah. Unplugged. You know, but we'll be plugged in sometime, yep. so that's okay. Yeah, so that begins the uh, Sunday after Easter and uh, starts at 5 p.m. And everybody's welcome to come. If, if it works out better for your schedule, it's the best thing. Yeah, in fact, it'll be the same sermon. Um, often, because I've done services on Sunday night almost my entire ministry. And by the time Sunday at 5 o'clock comes, I might be sitting on a stool and we might be having a conversation. It's just a different vibe. So if you're sitting there thinking, you know, I want something maybe different once in a while, that may be different. It may be a great place to bring somebody new. Instead of maybe this bigger environment, they're thinking something smaller might be better. So April 16th, the Sunday after Easter. So be thinking that way. And then the next thing, um, I want to talk to you about our Grace Fund. Uh, the Grace Fund is used to help people that are in need in our community. And often people will give money and that Grace Fund kind of grows. Um, it has been given out a lot to many people that are in need. There is a very specific need that is happening right now. Some of you may know that yesterday morning there was a 12-family apartment building that had fire. And all of them were displaced and they came here. They were brought and we were uh, with them in the multi-purpose room and ministering to them. And now they're going to be, you know, staying at a hotel and then trying to figure out what's going to happen. So if you are so moved, we'd like to come alongside of them as much as we can and help them in this transition. So our Grace Fund is available for you to give so that we can then give out as well. So if God is tugging on your heart and you say, you know what, I want to help these people who, you know, they're really struggling. They were trying to figure out how are they going to go to work when they don't even have clothes. I mean, they were in our multi-purpose room in robes because of what happened. So I'm just going to put it on you and your heart. If God is moving you, you, just get, you can give a gift to 1C, memo section, grace fund, and we'll make sure that we give as much as we can to people in need. Oh, let's see. Okay, what will be coming up soon will be communion. Wonderful gift that God has given us. Um, you're going to see on the screen a little bit later what we believe as a church and how to take communion. Uh, we're going to have prayers right after communion. So if you have a prayer request, uh, there is a number that you'll be able to text, and you can include prayers in our service today. So again, thank you all for coming. May God be glorified as we lift his name. Um, this next song's new for us, and uh, every so often a song just kind of falls in your lap. Um, you don't really know how you ended up listening to it. And this is one that uh, really kind of hit me. Um, and it's by Casting Crowns, and there's a video that he has where he kind of explains the song, and it's um, he talks about how we have, there's so many songs that we sing that are for um, our Christians or from a Christian point of view. And he wanted to give us one that um, really kind of just gives us a small glimpse of what somebody outside of the church might be looking at and thinking. Um, and I think it's, a, it's just an important, important thing to remember that we're, we're here to love all of them despite our differences and, and, uh, and uh, yeah.
song and, and beautiful reminder, there are lots of people in this world that are broken and are needing the light and love of the gospel. Uh, but I also know there are people in this room who are experiencing brokenness. And that, that's us sometimes, right? It's me. It's all of us. And that's what this meal addresses, is your brokenness, my brokenness, my need, your need. And he meets it head on. 
and he said, here is my body and blood for you, for the forgiveness of sins, for your brokenness. So in preparation now for this very beautiful, special meal, let's now profess what we believe about our sin, our brokenness, our need for a Savior, what's in this meal, and then how we're going to live our lives to his glory. So let's share this out loud together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And let me have the privilege of reminding you and stating that because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. He takes those sins as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember them no more. So may that give you comfort and peace and strength as we live for him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And may God be glorified, and may we be blessed as we celebrate this meal. Amen.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Lord Jesus, we are so very grateful. This morning we can bring to you our prayers. There are, there are prayers that have been written out. There are prayers that are in the hearts of your people this morning.
And our gratitude is that you invite us into moments like this, that you desire to hear from us. So hear us this morning, we ask in your mercy to hear our prayers. A prayer that my operation would get approved on Tuesday. A prayer for the strength to keep on this journey, no matter what happens. This is a prayer for Ryan, diagnosed with acute leukemia, going into treatment in Omaha. May God be with him in his healing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Prayers for Izzy, that she fully recovers from a critical car accident. Praying the entire family holds on to Jesus, not just during sad times, but always. We thank you that you have heard us, what we have spoken and what we have not spoken. And now we just close together as a faith community. We pray that prayer that you gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's uh, get at this. Um, we're going to be continuing our journey with what we're calling the spiritual DNA. Um, when we think about our DNA, we often think physical, but there is a certain kind of DNA that God wants to weave into the fabric of our life. We got to witness how God starts that in Maddox, but he wants to continue to grow in us. That's why there is a saying that I have been sharing several times, several weeks, several places. Um, it is kind of a motto that I have, and would you say this out loud together with me? If you could advance, please. Let's say this together. There is nothing more important than my spiritual growth and well-being. I want you to look at that. I want you to let it sink in for a little bit. And I am praying that that is something that you, you believe and that you are doing something about. There is nothing more important than my spiritual growth and well-being. And what we've been doing, and you're going to hear it every single week, we're going to put this Ephesians passage up there, and there's a phrase, if I can have the next slide. God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. And that verse, I hope that rings in your head. I hope that almost bothers you, because when we realize that there is something more out there that we can't even get our minds around, I hope that it causes a little bit of angst, but also a sense of excitement. And there is a rhythm of what, at least I've been saying in my DNA groups, like whichever one I'm involved with, uh, and there's three, three premises. Two of them are things we believe or are to believe, and the third one is something I'm asking people to do. So the first one is God is able to do more. And I know that blows your mind because you could read in Genesis and you hear about the creation of the world. God said and it happened. 
He spoke things into being. I mean, how much more can that be? Or when you think about his son Jesus coming to this earth, suffering and dying and rising again for the sins of the world, and then we hear these words of Paul that says, God can do more? Yes, he can do more. So I want all of us to hold that space and to believe there is a God made heavens and earth, dealt with sin, but he wants to do more. And then premise number two, God wants to do more through each and every one of us. I want you to know that. I want you to believe that. That this God who can do more for whatever reason, I keep saying this because it is, I'll say perplexing. Can't God do more somehow, some, some way else? But instead, for whatever reason, he is looking at you, he's looking at me, and he says, I want to do more in you and through you. And this is where the third part is, it's something we do. This is something I believe God is calling us. He wants us to pray that God would show us what more he wants to do in and through us. And I, my encouragement is, if your world is like my world, it spins and it goes fast. And I, I think, at least for me, I don't acknowledge enough that God is able to do more, that God wants to do more through me, and the reason is my sin and, quote, my busyness. So I am calling all of us, you and me, please remind me to do this, and I'll keep reminding you. Stop. Well, we won't do the fire thing. Stop you know what, and roll and whatever. It's really stop in your tracks, whatever you're doing, and pray. Pray. God, okay, God, I know you can do more. I know you want to do more in me. What is it? Would you do that, please? Not because Jim Thielen is asking you. I believe God is calling you to pray. So let's actually do it right now, not just talk about it. God, we come to you, and as we look at your scriptures today, the word that you've given us, the truth that is ours, we pray that you would open up our eyes, ears, and hearts to the truth of your word. We know you can do more. We know that you want to do more through us. And Lord, we sincerely ask, what is the more that you want us to do? Bring it to mind. Create a greater awareness. And then grant us the faith to do what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now that's not the end of the sermon, so don't go get happy or anything. There's more, right? Just like we talk about more, there's going to be more. Um, let me have the next slide up here. When we talk about the DNA, um, as, as I've told you, you know, I bumped into this. That's the, the danger of Googling, right? Because I've been feeling that there is this DNA thing going on, and I just never knew that another church was thinking about this too. So there was a church that actually had these and had these letters and had these words kind of connected to it. And it's exactly what we've been saying for about 16, 17 years as a church. We've been using different words throughout the way, and that's fine. But these words of depending on God, nurturing relationships, advancing the mission, really is the summary of all the scriptures. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, God is calling us 
to depend on him, to nurture relationships. That's called the church. Remember, that's God's idea. And then to advance the mission. Matthew 28, we just heard it. It's not just for baptisms. It's for you. It's for me. Those are the words. Now, um, let's have the next set up there. We have been talking about, for like 16, 17 years, we talk about connecting with each other. We've used that word in. But now we're going to focus in on this idea of nurturing relationships. And here's a question for you. This is where you get to talk out loud. And I would love for you to all have an idea or a thought. Where is the first time relationships were mentioned in the scripture? And, and if you're wrong, just so you know, this is the pressure. I'll tell you you're wrong in front of, what, 200 and some people. So what do you think? When's the first time? When? Adam and Eve. Mike, you are wrong. Boy, does that feel good. Just kidding. That's what I would think, too. Where else? Pardon? God in creation. Perfect. Remember, the Bible talks about this. At creation, yeah, there's God the Father who's going to speak everything into being, but there was the Holy Spirit that was hovering over the deep. And then we find in other parts of Scripture that Jesus, the Son of God, was actually part of creation. So we have the Trinity, this relationship, all kind of working together, and it's a relationship. It's the God of the universe in those three different ways he expresses himself. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We profess it in the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed or the Athanasian Creed. I mean, it is an expression of who God is. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's a relationship. So don't miss that part. But then before we get to Adam and Eve, Mike, because you're right. I'm just going to tell you. You're right. But there's a couple others first. So there's the Trinity. But then there was this moment. Let's go to the next slide. This is God saying, it is not good for man to be alone. Right? So, you know, God creates Adam, right? Beautiful, it's wonderful. That's the second relationship. Then he gets to this Adam and Eve thing. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so then he puts Adam to sleep. He takes the rib out of Adam, he forms Eve and puts them together. And God is just sitting back. Honestly, he is smiling because this is beautiful. This is what he is thinking. This is what he is planning. This is what he wants. And ever since Genesis, ever since the Trinity, ever since God and Adam, and ever since Adam and Eve and God, I mean, there's always been this thing called a relationship. And he wants that continue. And if you ever think of the word relationship and what it means, just picture this. Picture a ship. Okay, the word ship is in this word. And there are to be relations or a connection or community within this ship. And that's God's intention. And the painting that God has given us throughout the scriptures is beautiful. And I'm going to just describe to you really quickly four different descriptions that we have in the Bible 
regarding relationships. So the first one is Ephesians chapter 2. God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we, of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it, a temple into which God is quite at home. So I want you just to hold that image and that backdrop. You know, you have the picture of the, the bricks all kind of put together. But let me just say this, and I wrote these down so I would not forget it. The foundation of a building is only as good as the cornerstone. And we had an experience like that one time where the, the actual cornerstone was a little suspect in a house we were looking at, which affected the foundation. So the foundation is only going to be as good as the cornerstone. And here's the second part. The building is only as good as the foundation. So you might see something up above here, but if things below are suspect, Things are not going to be good. If you ever go to a building site and you see all the different um, things that are going to be used, whether it's wood or steel or all the different stuff, and they're just sitting there or bricks, they're really good. But until they're put together and they start finding strength together, it's not a building yet. And I think the beautiful image that Jesus gives is that it's great that you are who you are, but it is so much better when we are together. So much better than we are together. All right, the next scripture from Romans 12. Just as there are many parts to our body, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do, so we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. This is going to be a silly illustration, but I hope you get it. About a month ago, I was, uh, I was cutting something, and I ended up cutting my thumb. Really bad cut. You know, almost to the point where I should go and get it taken care of. But... Being a man and being maybe stupid, I just put pressure on it and bandaged it up and all that stuff. But let me tell you how sore it was for a long time. Everything that I tried to do, I couldn't do. And I kind of forgot how important the thumb is for buttoning a shirt. It's like, ouch! Or holding a toothbrush, like, okay, I'll use the other hand. I mean, this little thing that seems to be insignificant is so important to the body. And I think this is what Paul is getting at. All of us, in some way, we feel maybe little and insignificant. But I want you to know, according to the Bible, you are the body of Christ. And whatever part of the body you are, you are significant, you are important, and God created you for a purpose. To be part of the body and to make a difference. All right, the next scripture. 
Psalm 100, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with jubilation, come before him with rejoicing, know that the Lord himself is God, it is he who made us and not we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture, and I'm just going to make a really quick comment to this, we are sheep and we need a shepherd, okay, that's really good, but I also want you to know that he has called you to shepherd other people. Because there's other sheep. So he has cared for you. He has protected you. You have the assurance of that. But in your own places, in your own environments, in your own circle of influence, I do believe that God has called you to care for others. Just like we've been cared for ourselves. And then the last. And I'm going to give you the ESV version, and then I'm going to jump over to another version. Uh, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of the truth. And I'll just tell you, when I heard the word buttress, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm going to go find another version and see what it says. So let's go to the next one. This is from the God's Word version. I want you to know how people who are members of God's family must live. God's family is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Now, what are we finding? We have, we have the truth, which is, it, which is in God's word. We have the truth, which is Jesus, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now we are told that we, the body, the sheep, right, all of this, we get to share this truth. And we get to do this together as a family. And what a privilege. All right. Um, let's just play this the video quick. Making your way in the today takes everything you've got taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot wouldn't you like to get away sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came you want to be where you can see Troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name You want to go where people know People are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name How many of you have ever watched an episode of Cheers? Now, they're, yes, they're in reruns, 1982 to 1993. A lot of people would be in front of a television set waiting to see the next episode of Cheers. And you can have all your favorite characters. I'm not going to get into it. But anybody remember the one um, that would walk into the room and everybody would say his name? Carmen, yeah. To, to hear your name called, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? I mean, that, isn't that what happens to people like you and me? God knows the name Maddox. 
He knows that name, and he cares about that name, and he cares about you and me, and he cares about us having a deeper relationship with him. But now I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to lump this all together, is God wants to have a very deep personal relationship with you, but he also wants us to have a relationship with others. I say this really sincerely, and I believe this wholeheartedly, the bigger the church becomes, the smaller the church needs to be. And people look at me like, ooh, wow, you must have been up all night and you're not thinking clearly. No. The bigger the church gets, which is really great to have so many people here, but for us to grow, the, the smaller we need to be. And that's why we keep encouraging, get to know other people. Not on a superficial level. Not on that kind of level that says, how you doing? And the person then says, what's the word? Fine. And then you all go your merry ways. I don't think that's the picture of what the church is to be. It's not just to know a name, I mean like in Cheers. I really think that what God is calling you and me, this in thing, is not to be from a distance. I mean, how would that work in marriage? Not good. And I do believe that what God calls us to do in nurturing relationship, there should be connection. And I'm just going to, I'm not even going to have them up on the screen, so don't even bother doing it. But personal relationships, deepening relationships, supportive relationships, faith-building relationships, I really believe God wants that for you and for me. Did you know that in the scriptures, in the New Testament alone, there are 100 one another statements. Let me say that again. In the New Testament alone, there are 100 one another statements. I don't know if you've heard the phrase, but whenever God wants to get my attention, and maybe your attention, he repeats himself. So 100 times, God says one another. And I'm not going to read them all off for you. Bear with one another, carry one another's burden, love one another. I mean, there's a hundred of them. Do you think it's something that God thinks is important? The answer is yes. So I'm going to challenge you to do something about that. I do believe that depending on one another, really good stuff. That's where it all begins. Depending on this God who is so good. Depending on him. Depending on him. And then it, it draws us together. People who have the love of Jesus. If I can go to the last verse, 1 John 4. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he's, he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now how that happens and what that looks like, I get to see some of those glimpses once in a while. And I'll just say, I saw it yesterday morning when an apartment building burns down and we get a phone call saying, hey, these people don't have a place to be right now. Can we, yeah. So like 22 people came over here. And then that's not the only thing, is when you put something on Facebook and we got the word out that, hey, we have some needs, the outpouring of people. That's kind of the in stuff that's happening. 
So think about in what way can you connect with others and watch what God can do in and through you. Amen? Amen. Please stand. I'm going to share with you the blessing. And I want you to really hear these words because this is, again, this relationship of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and what he wants to do in you and through you. And this is a different blessing that you normally hear. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay, got that one? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, beautiful, what, what God does for us. And the love of God our Father, that's really good. And the fellowship, the gathering of God's people, of the Holy Spirit, amen. up this morning, saw a world full of trouble now, and thought, how do we ever get so far down? How's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at him. Said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. Well, I created you. Well, if not us, then who? If not me and you right now, it's time for us to do something.
great Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. If not a spirit.